It's time for the Car Doctor on AM 950 WROL. Got a car question? Call us at 617-770-3030. That's 617-770-3030. Now, here's the car doctor, John Paul, on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. And good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, The Spirit of Boston, or if you're listening on Sunday night, AM 1260 WBIX, The Business Buzz, or if you're listening online on the app, WROLradio.com or Stitcher or TuneIn, any of the places the podcasts appear, uh, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, my podcast site, johnapaul.podomatic.com. So lots of ways to listen to the Car Doctor Program, both uh, uh, in real time and past programs, so always try to do that. Well, I had an interesting week this week. I was, uh, besides doing seemingly doing a million different things, uh, Wednesday night was a uh, was a pretty nice night, so I decided my old car needed some brake work, and I uh, decided what a good night to do it. So I went to go out and move it from one driveway to the other, and it didn't start. And the uh, year-and-a-half-old starter uh, was bad. And uh, fortunately, I got a floor jack in the mail uh, from the the folks at uh, Mechanic. And with us on the phone is Luke Micas. He is the vice president of lead product development with Delk, which is, first off, Luke, I always have a problem with the name. You know, Spellcheck always wants to turn it into My Mechanic. Can you help me with that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can. It's, uh, we pronounce it mechanic. Um, it is it is a letter off from mechanic, uh, but we, we named it mechanic because it is all about the DIY, the do-it-yourselfer, and so it's about you know empowering people to be able to work on their cars themselves, and that's why our tagline is "Turn Your Own Wrench." And uh, on on Wednesday night, I was uh, I had I had one of your lights outside. I had uh, your jack outside. And uh, let's first off, let's talk about let's talk about this jack. This uh, you guys call it a hybrid jack, but uh, let's it's a it's a looks to me like a commercial quality uh, garage floor jack. Well, it is. Um, you know, all of our tools and, and products are uh, premium. They're very high quality. Uh, but the jack in particular, we, you're right, we do call it a two-ton hybrid floor jack. Uh, hybrid because it is, it is about half aluminum, half steel. So that's, that's what makes it hybrid. Uh, and you get the best in strength plus as light of weight jack as possible. Um, but it's a, it's a great useful jack and we've changed a lot of things on the design of our jack to make it easier to use that hopefully you noticed. Uh, you know, we've got a bumper handle in the front. Uh, help you carry it around to where you need to put it. Um, a nice uh, accessory tray on it so that when you did take your wheel off, you had a place to put your lug nuts so they weren't rolling around or you didn't have to throw them on the inside of a hubcap if you have one. Uh, and uh, the other thing on our floor jack that's a little different than most is it's got a grease fitting on the main bearing. So it is serviceable. Uh, over the life of the jack, you can keep that thing running. And one of the things I liked about it, and anyone who's ever worked in a garage has probably had this happen, the handle has uh, springs on it, so the handle stands up rather than, you know, sometimes you jack something up, you leave the handle, the handle's down, and sure enough, you walk by and you trip right over it, 
uh, or that's just me being clumsy, one or the other. But uh, but it's kind of nice because the handle the handle uh, goes back to the upright position, so you don't have to worry about, especially if you're in a tight garage space, you don't have to worry about tripping over the handle. Yeah, that's right. And let's face it, everybody who's doing the type of job you just did or working in their drive or in their garage, you are going to be in a tight space. And the and the other the other kind of neat thing you had, which uh, is uh, and we're going to be giving giving these away, is the uh, for want of a better word, I'm going to call it a tool creeper. Uh, but it's a, a sort of designed like a small creeper that you would lay on, only it's small. And it's and you mentioned it. You mentioned it exactly. If your car had hubcaps, that's where you would put lug nuts. This thing is designed so you can put your tools, uh, miscellaneous parts, and especially if you're working like a lot of DIYers, they're working in the garage without a lift. Uh, you can throw all the stuff on this and and roll it back and forth to you. So a lot easier than having to crawl back out or crawl around and try to get try to get the parts that you need back back to where you need them. Yeah, it's um, it's a really popular new product for us, uh, and it, you're right. It is called our Creeper Tool Tray, um, and you described it perfectly. It's it's a, a low profile tray that's got three large handles on it. You can lift it up, take it to your toolbox, put in the things you think you need, uh, take it to your job site, wherever that is, and and roll it around with you. You've got everything right at hand, so you know no running back and forth to guess. Oh, did I get the right socket size? Did I get the right screwdriver, just put in there what you think you need, and you're good to go. Um, it's also a, a product that works really well with our pod light. With the, it has a, a, a metal landing pad for the magnetic pod light on it. So um, our, our products all have been designed to start working with each other, like a nice ecosystem of garage, you know, garage essentials. Mm. And I was using the uh, and and you sent one to me back uh, the last time we chatted. Uh, it sort of looks like a almost like a standard drop light, only it's cordless and it's rechargeable. And I charged it up when I got it. I think I used it a bunch of times over the winter for you know here and there. But I think I had this thing on for a couple of hours. No change in light output, uh, and a whole lot better than having to deal with a drop light and a cord. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I believe you're talking about our mech light. Yep. Um, and that, that is our, our redesigned uh, old-school cage light. Um, we made it rechargeable, like you said. Uh, we have that actually in two versions, uh, the cordless one, the rechargeable one that you had, and we, we also still make a uh, AC-corded version that you just plug any, any standard extension cord into. If you're doing a job, like you said, that is going to go on really long, multiple hours, and you want to leave the light set up, uh, but if not, the, the rechargeable one is great. It's a 600 uh, lumen output on it and um, very, very handy because it, it has a handle that collapses. So you can you can grip it, hold it, you can hang it, you can deploy the, the handle on the bottom and stand it up if you need to. So it'll pretty much go anywhere you need to go and put light where you need it. And you guys came up with a new light that I think you can land airplanes with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> You're, you must be talking about our blade light. I am. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, our blade light is, is cool. It is our. It is one of our newest lights as well. Um, and it does actually, uh, it took some inspiration from, um, we, we do a lot of travel. So uh, we're on planes quite a bit. And actually both of our blade light and our pod light both took a little inspiration from the airline uh, experience or the industry. Um, the blade light in particular, though, is, 
is like a uh, like the name says, it's a very thin blade of light at the end, but it does fold back and forth uh, and and swivel 360 degrees. So these things are all multi-angle, multi-positionable. Uh, but when you do have it extended straight out, it does kind of look like they could use it to, to park a plane. Yeah, and the the light output's incredible, right? Uh, yeah, all of our lights, um, we try to give them as much uh, as much lumen output as we can because, um, you know, when you're working in a garage or even in an engine compartment or whatever the job is, these are dark spaces and you want to light them up. Um, ideally, you want to bring one light to the job you need to do, so they've got to be very bright. You know, the, the blade light's great particularly with newer cars on the inside where the space is just getting tighter and tighter. There's more, more covers and more shrouds on top, of, on, on top of engine components. So, you know, the days of being able to stick a very large stick light down inside of an engine bay are, are you know, sort of coming to an end. still works great for uh, any, any builder project or older car uh, where there's still some space, but it, it is a reality of how the... Uh, car industry is going and how they're changing the design and the development of their their engine compartments yeah and um like like this light and the mech light and and your others what's nice is they're all leds and they don't get hot yep no they're, they're they don't get hot um there's almost no heat output there's um they're, they're very lightweight uh and that allows us to to design the the housings the abs plastic housings with a little more uh, heft in them, so they're very rugged. They survive drop tests. So you know these are they're they're meant to be work like. You know they're not um, not like an aluminum flashlight where you you know if you knock it off the table they're like oh did I just dent the floor or dent the light. Uh, these are rugged. They can they can fall on the ground. They're going to be okay. Yeah, and anybody who's anybody who's as old as I am who used a conventional incandescent drop light, even with rough service bulbs, uh, first off, you were using it somewhere, it fell off, you grabbed it, the thing was hot as a charcoal briquette, and then <laughs> when it hit the ground, the bulb broke. So, yep, exactly. Yeah. So uh, this is all. Yeah, all of the this is where we get to use newer technology, so solid state technology. So there's not a lot of. Uh, fragile parts in any of these lights and uh you know there's uh you know my my day job i i work at AAA, and i think the number one reason we go out and rescue people is dead batteries a lot of people carry jumper cables with them we go out more times than not it seems like that we'll go out and go to jump start a car um a good Samaritan next door neighbor will go out and they'll try to do it before we get there. And I don't know how many times we've been out that someone has crossed the jumper cables. They got a little confused and they caused some damage to the vehicle. And by the time we get there, there's, if we're lucky, there's just a couple of maxi fuses that have blown, but sometimes there's some real damage. And you guys, you guys came up kind of with an answer for that, right? Yeah, we did because it is a big problem. It's probably the biggest problem when you talk about having to uh, jumpstart a car. Uh, but yes, we we invented and developed our smart booster cables uh, to to really um, address that issue. And and what it what that product has is an electronic box on it, and that box does two things. The first thing it does is it will read the voltage of the dead battery uh, when you hook up. Um, the, the leads on that on the shorter side of the box to the dead battery. So first of all, you can diagnose a little bit uh, off of that. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're getting a good 12, 12 point, you know, 1, 12.4 volts, whatever it is, 
you know that you've got a good battery and there's another problem, a uh, different reason why your car's not starting. But to your point, the, the, the real power in this uh, smart booster cable is making things safer. So if you hook up the uh, leads backwards on either end, all the electronic box will just beep at you. It cuts all the current. No amperage flows through. So you will get no sparks. Um, you can't arc the battery. You do no damage to either battery or either electrical system. You know that right there is. Uh, you know that's one of those things, and and we see it all the time. And and like I said, sometimes it's sometimes it's nice and easy. It didn't do you know didn't do any real damage. Other times you have to worry about you know did something you know could something dangerous happen? Could you make a spark on a battery that's uh, uh, all sulfated out and it's full of hydrogen gas, and you could have an explosion? So this is a this is a great safety innovation and a great set of jumper cables for someone who uh, wants to keep that set of jumper. Cables in the car, and I always, I always like to say, there's two kinds of people in the world: uh, those who need jumper cables, and those who already have them. So, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, this is going to be one of these things that uh, uh, one of our listeners is going to be in the other group of those who are going to have them. So, and one thing I was just looking on your website, and we're talking with Luke Mike from Mechanic, and uh, it's m y c h a n i c dot com, and something called the Sidekick Stool, and. Um, mm-hmm. That looks like for for somebody who's going to do, be doing uh, doing work of all different kinds, uh, but doing it at a uh, you know doing it almost a ground level sort of thing looks looks like a pretty neat tool. Uh, yeah, it's, it's probably uh, to date our most successful product. Um, it is a uh, rolling tool chest that you sit on. It's a small rolling tool chest with uh, two foldable magnetic trays on the side. So if you are taking uh, you know, nuts and bolts off, washers, or even have uh, your screwdrivers or your sockets in those as you roll around on a driveway that's made of aggregate or you're rolling over, uh, you know, the expansion gaps in your, your um, concrete uh, garage, you're not going to have these things kind of popping out like it's popcorn or something like that. They're going to stay where, where you put them. Uh, and then we designed that to have a nice cushioned seat and uh, as well as a... Um, 450 pound capacity so that's um you know we like to say that 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 sidekick stool of ours will hold a lot of dude and a lot of tools <laughs> yeah it uh, i was i was i was looking at the i was looking at the video and it also looks like it'd be a great uh detailing rig too if you were you know trying to clean up your wheels and tires and you know uh and you know detail in the bottom of the car where a lot of people get a little bit lazy and you know it's it's easy it's easy to clean and wax the top uh the top eighty percent, but when you got to get down to the the rocker panels, uh, some people get a little bit lazy. This this looks like it make it a little, a little bit easier for them too. It, it's at the right height, and and it's like you've read our playbook. Um, I won't say too much because we are launching a detailing rig oh, okay. in, in the next month, but uh, I think you're you're going to love it. So sort of the same sort of the same idea then, huh? Yeah, that's yeah. how we when we look at a, a category, a product, or a product line in our in our any of our categories that does well then we start looking at you know to 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 bring that ecosystem idea back where can we where can we extend and what what else can this this thing do uh if we change it a little bit so the the success of our sidekick stool we thought the same exact thing you just said hey this is great for yeah. you know just just cleaning the rim cleaning the wheels and we're like hmm you know what we could actually modify this and make make a slightly different version and and it would work very well for detailing or appearance projects on your car. 
we really are trying to focus around uh, all of our tools around doing projects. Right. Uh, you know, so you might need two or three of our things because you're going to do a particular project. And I, you know, I was looking at uh, the the jack especially. Um, you guys used a little bit different wheel setup than what you would you know, a lot of times on a on a standard garage jack. They might be steel wheels, or but your wheels are uh, almost closer to a skateboard wheel. Yeah, that's exactly uh, the construction of the front wheels. We we uh, the first we're the first um, company to put on uh, overmolded urethane wheels. So we have a. A, a large three-inch wheel in the front, which is way bigger than what you normally find. And, uh, just basic principles is larger wheels will roll over bigger bumps uh, right. with no problems. Um, and looking at the inline skate or skateboarding industry, we, we took some cues from there and said, you know what, we'll, we'll, we'll make an aluminum hub and we'll co-mold urethane on the outside to make a tread. And uh, the larger diameter, like I said, helps it roll over anything. The urethane keeps it quieter, which is nice because when you roll the jack around, uh, especially if they are, are the ones with smaller steel front wheels, it, it'll sound like a freight train coming yeah. down your driveway. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, those, those smaller aluminum or smaller steel wheels on other jacks, you hit a pebble and that's going to stop the jack dead in its tracks. Yeah, and the other thing, the other thing about the jack too, the bump, what you described as the bump handle in the front, I I will admit I did feel a little like a NASCAR mechanic when I was, you know, picking up the jack from the uh, from the handle end and using the the uh, the front end handle too. It it just made it a lot easier to carry it around because since my car didn't start, it was away from where the jack was sitting. So you know, you know, I wasn't I wasn't gonna either roll it down the you know from around my house to the other side or or try to drag it across the the yard. So pick it up and carry it, and it, uh, it, it was, uh, the, the handle in the front made it a lot easier to do that. Yeah, yeah, it was designed right, basically, you've got, you're going to have weight to any floor jack, even a hybrid, uh, lightweight one, it's still going to be 55 or 60 pounds, so, you're carrying that, let's put it in the most natural position, which is carrying a heavy piece of luggage uh, at your side, right. so that you're not straining anything, it's just a more natural movement. Yeah, no, it was, it was good for that, and, uh, um, it goes from a pretty low height to a to a pretty decent working height in just a few pumps, too. Uh, it does. It, it's, uh, it has a lifting range of uh, three, uh, three and a half inches, so it's low profile. Uh, for me, that's low enough for me to get underneath. Um, uh, I have a Shelby. Yeah, we're uh, going to talk about that in a minute. Oh, are we? <laughs> okay, so it gets under that easily. I also drive a Chevy Tahoe, which is you know, a larger truck, and it's got a lifting range uh, enough for me to lift that truck up uh, on a corner so that I can pull my rims off and do a brake job if I need to. So it's three and a half inches up to 18 point, uh, or 18 and an eighth, yep. 18.125 inches at, at max. Yeah, and nice little nice little saddle rig on the front, uh, cushion, uh, so if you lift it up from the pinch weld on a fender or going under the subframe and I was um I, I the vehicle I was working on the other night was um my little old SUV and that you know you know that's a little higher off the ground but I was able to roll it under there grab the uh, you know grab the the frame and you know I was thinking oh maybe I'm going to have to throw a block or something under it to get the wheels off the ground not at all the, the jack had enough height to be able to do that so pretty impressive uh uh package in that in that jack and uh, pretty universal going from uh, as low an area as it is to uh to right around 18 inches so not bad at all oh, well thank you yeah, yeah. We, we're we're proud of it 
So uh, back back to your Shelby. I understand. Uh, I I I read your reread your bio again, and, I, and it seems it seems that you uh, uh, spend a little time trying to get that to go a little faster and be a little louder, huh? <laughs> yeah, I think I've mastered the loud part now. We we got the resonators deleted a couple of weeks ago, so it's it's um, it's about fully as loud as it's going to get. Um, but yeah, it's it's a great car. Um, uh, you know, at Mechanic, there's there's a number of us in the building. Um, that are car guys, and that's what makes doing what we do fun. So we, we sit around and think about, hey, you know, there's not a product that does this thing, and I'm trying to do this on my car, and that becomes the, the sort of the seed of starting to think about maybe we should design something around that. And that's really how just about everything that you you you've had and tried from us has come about. It's it's personal experience using it, finding these pain points in in products, whether it's you know, current floor jacks or, the, you know, toolboxes or not having anywhere to put your tools when you are laying down underneath your car and they're just scattered all over your driveway. Um, and personally experiencing those things, going, we got to do something better. Hey, oh, you're back. I don't know. It sounded like an emergency broadcasting alert just came up. So, Oh, that's so strange. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, we were we were uh, chit chatting about uh, your car, and you know, prior prior to uh, being a Delk, you uh, uh, you're kind of a designer by nature, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I um uh, I graduated from the Rhode Island School of Design, and and have been in product design and development uh, since. So I've been doing this in multiple sort of multiple areas. Um, you know, now I'm in automotive. I was in some uh, safety eyewear, safety safety equipment in consumer electronics accessories, and before that, probably biggest category would be toys. So it's it's really the same process, no matter what category. But over the last six years, it's been automotive accessories. So it's really now I'm, I'm into something that I personally do. And you know, you're kind of a local New England RISD guy, so that's that's okay too. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, go Pat. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, next next, next time I'm next time I'm down at RISD doing something, I'll have to check and see if they see if they still uh, remember you. Well, you you know. Oh, you're yeah. kidding? There's probably a statue there somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's I, I think I heard that. Yeah. Hey, hey, Luke. Thanks for joining us up here in Boston on the Car Doctor program, and uh, you know, uh, try to try to keep the Shelby out of the weeds. I, for sure, I will. I promise that. And thanks for the time. All right. And again, just one more time. The website is www.mychanic.com, right? That's correct. You got it. All right. Thanks, man. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Right, thanks. Yep. Bye-bye. That was, uh, that was Luke Micus. He is the VP of, and lead product uh, development guy at Delk, and their company is Mechanic. But it's uh, spelled a little bit differently, which my spell check on my computer hates. Uh, it keeps wanting to change it to the more conventional way. Uh, but they have they have some neat products. And uh, when we come back, I'll talk a little bit about the uh, my exercise on Wednesday night. Why don't we take a break and pay some bills? My name's John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening on AM 950 WROL, The Spirit of Boston.
When it comes to your car, AAA is the place for everything automotive. We have services that help our members save every step of the way, from researching and buying a new car, to financing, insuring, repairing, and of course, our world-class roadside assistance, available 24-7. The AAA auto buying program is a great tool. AAA members receive guaranteed pricing on new and used vehicles and even save an average of $3,000 on their new car purchase. We even make it easy to pay for your new car by offering low-rate financing. Once your vehicle's on the road, AAA Auto Insurance protects you with excellent coverage and competitive rates. For repairs or maintenance, AAA has an extensive network of approved auto repair facilities. These approved shops offer discounts to members and guarantee their work for 24 months or 24,000 miles. And when you really need help on the road, AAA Roadside assistance is there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So for everything and anything automotive, go to AAA.com slash everything auto. Sullivan Tire and Auto Service celebrates this Red Sox season with a home run of a tire sale. Hit a home run and save big on all Goodyear tires with instant rebates and mail-in rebates. Buy three Yokohama tires, get the fourth tire free. Buy one and get the second at 50% off. On a tight budget, Sullivan Tire has tires starting as low as $49. We've knocked it out of the park with this sale. Come in today and get ready for those weekend road trips, and we will not be beat on price or service. Celebrate freedom. The largest one-day Christian music festival in the country. And we could be sending you and three of your family members for free. June 23rd and 24th. Complete with round-trip airfare to Dallas, Texas. Hotel accommodations and four VIP passes in front of the stage. Plus a chance to meet one of your favorite artists, win autographed merchandise, and more. To enter, click on the banner at 590amtheword.com or wrolradio.com. You can enter once per day through May 31st. Celebrate freedom. Safe for the whole family. The more our family grew, the smaller our old car got. So we upgraded to a Honda Odyssey. It's from Kelly Blue Book's 2016 Best Value brand and comes with standard features like Bluetooth, so my wife can remind me of all the things I've forgotten to bring home. Ah, the diapers. Go to www.hondacarsofboston.com or 100 Broadway, Route 99 in Everett, Mass. Call 617-276-1179. Based on 2016 brand image awards from Kelly Blue Book, visit kbb.com for information. See dealer for financing details. Hi, I'm Kevin Chapman. You know, I make my living in Hollywood, but I choose to keep my money with the City of Boston Credit Union. As a member for over two decades, I put my family's trust in the City of Boston Credit Union with four full-service branches, including their latest in Canton. Check out the City of Boston Credit Union at cityofbostoncu.com and see how you, too, can become a member today. City of Boston Credit Union. Uniquely Boston. Federally insured by NCUA. W-R-O-L Boston. You're listening to The Car Doctor. And welcome back to The Car Doctor Program on AM 950 W-R-O-L, The Spirit of Boston. Uh, we're just talking in between the break. Uh, uh, another month or so, Barrett Jackson will be back to uh, to Mohegan Sun. Uh, second time, I believe they actually have like a 10-year contract commitment down there or a five-year contract commitment or something. So uh, I know last year I didn't go, and everybody 
on earth seemed to go down there. They were completely sold out. Even people, I think, that had tickets had trouble getting in there. Um, it's not as big as it looks on television. It's the first thing everybody tells me. Plus, they had they had a little bit of celebrity there as well. They had uh, they had uh, the guy from uh, 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 Gas Monkey Garage. Couldn't remember what the name of it was, and uh, so he was so he was there. Richard Rawlings, and also they had Wayne Carini there, and they I think they had a they had a couple other name people that were there as well. Uh, Richard Rawlings had some cars he sold. In fact, uh, one of my coworkers actually bought one of his cars, or coworkers' dad or somebody bought one of his cars, and um, and Wayne had I think Wayne had three cars there. I'm going to be seeing Wayne this week. Actually, he's going to he's um, emceeing an event we do with the New England Motor Press Association. If you want to check out what it's all about, uh, you can go to uh, nempa.org and go to uh, events. And uh, there's an event we do at MIT. It's going to be this Thursday from about 1130 or so till 4 uh, where we're having a variety of guest speakers, uh, someone from General Motors who's going to talk. The whole subject is stronger, lighter, faster, uh, and that also has an emphasis on safety. What that really means is how car manufacturers are, are building lightness into their into their vehicles. Uh, Colin Chapman, he was uh, originally the one who, who said, you know, lightness, we, we need to build lightness into our race cars, and same idea with this. Uh, to get better fuel economy, you need to make cars lighter, but you also need to also look at safety of the vehicles. So we have uh, someone from General Motors, someone from uh, FCA, Fiat Chrysler, and how they interact um, what they do to their vehicles, even to the point where Chrysler actually does something a little bit interesting. They're starting to look at areas where they can literally drill holes in things to make frames lighter, parts lighter, but still retain the same strength. Very similar to the way the aircraft industry, if you look at a, an airplane without the skin around the outside of it, you see it's actually filled with holes. That makes the vehicle, that makes the plane lighter, so it flies. So it flies. We're also going to be talking to someone from the steel industry, and also, uh, somebody, uh, Dave Panatori, who has been on this program before, he is from NanoSteel, actually located in Providence, Rhode Island. And there is not a big uh, steel manufacturer. They're actually an engineering and chemical company. Uh, but they build lightweight steel products. And then finally, we're having somebody from MIT. And they're going to be there. They're going to be there and talk a little bit about how all this wraps together. And also, we have another person from MIT that's uh, that's going to spend a few minutes and tell us about. They did a study last year about uh, autonomous vehicles, self-driving driving vehicles, and the acceptance to the public and what the public thinks about all of this. And they are. Um, they're going to they're going to update us they did another survey of about 4000 people and what people really think about autonomous vehicles and it's a little unexpected the answer and i thought that was sort of fascinating in its own way so we have that coming up uh well as i mentioned to luke and about uh i think it was about a month ago i got an email from uh the mechanic people and they said, "Hey, we have some we have some stuff, and we have some stuff uh, that you haven't seen before." And the uh, mech light was one of the things that I saw, which I which I liked. Um, and they had a they had a cordless a little cordless impact gun, 
and they don't sell that anymore. They've they've come up with uh, they've decided to focus on some some other things. But one of the things they had was this um, two ton floor jack, and for most of my life, I've always had a place to work on my car. When I worked in a garage years and years ago, I had a place to work on my car. When I stopped working in a garage and I worked at AAA in Rockland, we had our little auto diagnostic center. So there was always I could always put my car there and do some work to it and get some things done as I needed to do it. Then I also had a friend who was a used car dealer and he was right around the corner from my house and I'd call him up and just say, hey, you know, leave the key under the mat. Um, I'll I'll be over tonight and I need to do some stuff to my car. So I always had a place to to do that. Well, since then, I moved to, uh, or the AAA moved to Providence, so I don't have the auto diagnostics anymore, and uh, the guy who owned the used car lot sold it, so I'm sort of without a garage. So in in most cases, like a lot of people, I, you know, have somebody else do it, have somebody else do the work. Uh, But there's still some things I do. Usually what happens is I usually say this is the last time I'm going to do this because I'm I'm too old. It's too much work. I don't have enough time. One of those one of those answers usually. And uh I I think the last time I changed the oil in the Hyundai that we own, I said uh you know what? This is the last time. Well, until this time. So I and even at that the last time the oil was oh, in between the last time I did it and this time, uh it was uh it was at Sullivan Tire where they changed the oil and their filters are a decent quality filter. In fact, I remember talking to the folks over there, and they actually went to the filter factory to see how they were made. But a little smaller filter than the cap-style filter wrench that I have, and I I think I have two. This one was a little bit smaller. I will say the people at Sullivan Tire, the one thing they didn't do, which most people do, they didn't over-tighten the filter. So, I remember the first time I got this car, I changed the oil on it. I went to try to get the filter off, and I had to actually punch a hole through it, and which is always great because all the oil runs down your arm. And I had to grab onto the filter with a screwdriver going through it to try to get it to turn because whoever tightened it up sucked it up so tight that you couldn't you couldn't get it off. Sullivan Tire people, they actually have a, I think they have a two-day school on how to do oil changes. So they actually just snug it up and do it the way you're supposed to. So I was able to just reach up there with a, little pair of channel lock pliers and spin it off and it was able it was it was not much more than hand tight like the way it's supposed to be so I was able to get it off and I said yeah this is the last time I'm doing this well it wasn't and so Wednesday night the last time I hadn't I haven't driven my car in a little while and we took it to the Cape last week to oh just check on something bring something down there I don't remember why the reason was oh I know why I had an electric car. We'll get to that a little bit later. So I took took the Hyundai down there, and I noticed the brakes had a little bit of a pulsation to them. I did the rear brakes back in the fall, and the front brakes, um, been a while, I think. But uh, the pads were in very good condition. But the rotors were sort of just weird looking. They had high and low spots. So when you stepped on the brake going slow, you actually felt the brake pedal pulsate under your foot. And if you stepped on the brake fast, you actually got a brake vibration. If you drove it normally, you didn't really feel much but unless you were sensitive to the brake pedal feel. So I said, you know what? It's a nice Wednesday night. 
Joanne wasn't home. I got home, I think, a minute or two earlier than I usually do because I was working kind of locally. So I wasn't in Providence. So I think I got home just after six. So that was, I said, hey, I got a couple hours of daylight. This will be great. And my little house has two driveways. So I went to move to the other driveway. I went to get in the car, turned the key, didn't start. And I had a problem back a couple years ago with the, technically the transmission range switch, or at least that's what we thought it was. But you'd go to start the car, it wouldn't start. You would just touch the shifter handle, literally touch it, and it would start right up. No problem whatsoever. And I'm like, well, maybe the switch has finally gone bad. Played with the shifter, looked at the switch, everything seemed fine. So sort of a neutral safety switch is what it really is. Um, Everything looked fine. So then I did test the battery to see how it was, just to make sure. And um, then only, you know, I changed, I swapped out the starter relays to make sure there wasn't a bad starter relay. Everything was fine. So that only left me down to the starter. Well, the starter is under a big panel on the bottom of the car that you have to take out about, a, I don't know, what seemed like two dozen two dozen um, bolts and nuts to take it off. When in fact, it wasn't that at all. It was, uh, it was uh, probably eight, but it felt, like, it felt like way too many. So out came the mechanic floor jack, which I hadn't used before. I literally just took it out of the box. And I have a little floor jack at home, a little high and Warner jack, and I really like it a lot. I've had it for 30 years. It's one of those, it looks like one of those small trolley jacks, only it's a really well-made one. But it, but over time, it's had a little bit of a seal leak, and usually whenever I go to use it, because I use it so infrequently, I end up having to add some jack oil to it, and, and it's fine for the amount of time I go to use it. But I thought I'd try this one out, took it out of the box, uh, jacked up the car to get the cover off, the under-engine cover off, to get to the starter tested the starter and sure enough the starter was bad the starter came from o'reilly's auto parts about a year ago is what i thought because what ended up happening what i thought was the neutral safety switch problem uh range switch problem which uh the car was actually at uh junior's automotive and it was having some other work done to it and i think that might have been when the steering rack was being replaced or something. And Richie Riley, who was one of the best technicians I know, I said to him, can you look at that? And he said, yeah, you know, it started up every time it was here. But he said, yeah, yeah, it might have been that as well. Well, that's what both him and I thought we were kind of chasing a problem with. And sure enough, it was a it was a starter. And I don't know what moving the shifter had anything to do with anything, but maybe it was just enough to make the starter work. But um, so figured out it was a bad starter. Went back to O'Reilly and this was some time later, I recognized that it truly was a bad starter, went to O'Reilly Auto Parts, got a starter for it. Now a year and a half later, that starter went bad. I took it out, brought it back down there. They had one in stock. And it's only, it's actually five or 10 minutes from my house, so actually pretty convenient. And I went in there and I said, hey, you know, I have the starter. It's a limited lifetime warranty, right? And he goes, yep. He said, you got your receipt? I went, Nope. And he, I said, is there anything you can do? Can you look it up by credit card number? No, I can't do that. He said, but let me scan the code on it. And he said, no, that didn't help. He said, how long ago did you buy it? And I said, I don't know, maybe a year ago. Well, it was um, a year ago, November. So it was closer to 15, 16, 17 months ago. 
And he said, apparently it was the only one they had ever sold. Because he said to me, uh, "Yeah, I got uh, you bought it on. Uh, you bought it one day, and you returned it, returned the core the next day." And I said, "Yep, that's exactly the way it went." I said, I, "And I can tell you, I if you have a time, I bought it as soon as you opened up because I bought it on the way to work one morning." Um, yeah, well, that must be you. So he said, "We have to test it to get a code to see that it's really bad to return it under warranty." And I said, "Well." It probably works now because it. I did after I jumped it a couple of times. I did get it to crank over, and he said, "Well, let me go test." So they they have some test bench where they actually tested it and said, "No, test it out bad." And the guy the guy behind the counter had sort of a little bit of a southern accent, and I said, to him, "Well, here's the deal." I said, "You know, if uh, if uh, it isn't replaced under warranty, I can't take it back because if it doesn't start." That means my wife is stranded somewhere. And if my wife is stranded somewhere, you're going to hear about it from her. And he goes, in some sort of southern accent, I don't want that to happen, brother. So he said, don't don't put me in the middle. I said, well, is it? so he came back and he said, yeah, it's bad. And, and I would have bought a new one just because I knew it was bad. So, um, so that delayed my brake work a little bit. So I came home, put the starter in, put all the pieces back together, started right up just the way it's supposed to. And then I said, well, now they have the jack under here. Why don't I, you know, take off the wheel and replace the brakes like I was going to? Well, now it's getting closer to sunset. Now it's getting closer to 830 or so. So I brought out the mech light, which I haven't charged up in since the time I got it. Still had plenty of light. It's a kind of low and high beam sort of light. Set that up so I could kind of see what I was doing because as I'm getting older, I need 7,000 times more light to see anything. And uh, and glasses to see anything up close. Didn't use those. Probably should have. Um, Took the brake caliper off. That didn't go too badly. But you have to take the part of the – you have to take the – the frame that holds the caliper together, which bolts to the spindle off to get the rotors off. Well, those bolts were completely rusted, frozen in place. And one of them you could actually get a breaker bar on or ratchet on. I have an electric impact gun. It didn't have anywhere near enough force to get it off. Um, Used the, elect- used, uh, used the breaker bar, got one. The other one, you could only put a wrench on. There was no way to get anything more than just a wrench on there. A thin wall socket banged up against the caliper bolt. Maybe you could take the caliper off, I mean, up against the strut bolt. There was a, it was a lot of pieces to be able to get this and be able to do it somewhat evenly. And I didn't want to unbolt the strut to the spindle because then the car would have needed alignment afterwards. So um, just a wrench. And then I cheated with the wrench, put a little cheater bar on it, finally got that bolt to move. Every turn was a struggle. Got it off, put the new rotor on, put the new pads in. And the old pads were in remarkably good condition. Uh, Put everything back together. Got over to the other side. Same issue. Bolts are frozen. And I'm like, now it's 930. It's getting a little later. And uh, 
one bolt just wasn't budging. I had I had a cheater bar on the wrench. I had I was beating it with a three and a half pound sledgehammer, short handle three and a half pound sledgehammer. Uh, getting dark, getting tired, whacked my hand with the sledgehammer. Sorry for what I may have said. Um, and uh, and I said, well, the only thing I can do is heat up the spindle a little bit to try to get this bolt off. Um, back in 1972, maybe, um, my father bought, bought me a acetylene, not an oxyacetylene torch, but like an acetylene plumber's torch. And it was a little bit unique because it was called a turbo torch. It spun a little bit of just regular air in, so it made a little hotter flame. Uh, so this torch is literally from the early 70s. And I think I used it a couple of times to do some plumbing. I lent it to a coworker who plumbed his entire house with it. I might have lent it to somebody else who was doing some work. And I got it back, and it had a full bottle of acetylene. But this thing is so far out of code. It's like when you go to get your barbecue tank refilled, they check how old they are. And, you know, when they get to be however five years old or ten years old, they say, oh, we can't refill this. We have to. It has to be tested. I have no idea how old this tank is. But it had enough acetylene in it where it was able to heat up what I needed to heat up. Because plumbers don't even use these anymore because, well, first off, if they're, if they're still using copper um, – they're just using little torches, little self-igniting propane torches. Uh, acetylene heats a little bit hotter. Uh, the the even when this thing came out, this was a little bit behind the times because they started to use um, aluminum tanks instead of these steel B tanks, is what they're called. And they're it's a heavy tank and it's a lot to carry around. And I decided to put it in the shed afterwards, just in case it. If it blows up, it'll blow up out, up there and not in my house. Um, but it did it did work great. I did it did it did work great, and I was able to loosen up the bolts I needed to get off, put it all back together, and now the car starts and stops the way it's supposed to. So that's all that's all good. While I was there, I noticed a couple other things that need to be replaced. I think this is the end of the life, end of the line for this car. So you know, it's one of those things that when the car was seven years old, I thought about selling it. And I may have kept it just a little bit too long. Our phone number is 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. So thank you to Delka Mechanic for uh, sending me that jack because and the light because it, uh, it uh, made life a little bit easier. Why don't we take a quick break? When we come back, uh, I'm going to talk about the car that got me around last week, which was the Kia Soul electric vehicle. And also... Um, I think we're going to give away a mechanic tool tray and it's a, it's a neat little creeper tray. It's actually, it's, it's one of the things I didn't use, which afterwards I said, this probably would have been good. And they actually sent me one for me and one to give away. I'm going to give both of them away. They're both because why I left those two things at work. So, um, so I think I'm gonna. I think we're gonna give those. And we're just gonna find out how to do it randomly. We'll come up with a magic number of how to do it. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston. We'll be right back.
When it comes to your car, AAA is the place for everything automotive. We have services that help our members save every step of the way, from researching and buying a new car, to financing, insuring, repairing, and of course, our world-class roadside assistance, available 24-7. The AAA auto buying program is a great tool. AAA members receive guaranteed pricing on new and used vehicles and even save an average of $3,000 on their new car purchase. We even make it easy to pay for your new car by offering low-rate financing. Once your vehicle's on the road, AAA Auto Insurance protects you with excellent coverage and competitive rates. For repairs or maintenance, AAA has an extensive network of approved auto repair facilities. These approved shops offer discounts to members and guarantee their work for 24 months or 24,000 miles. And when you really need help on the road, AAA Roadside assistance is there 24 hours a day seven days a week so for everything and anything automotive go to aaa.com slash everything auto did you know that more than 90% of the unchurched say they would come to church if they were invited? Join Salem Media Group's Senior Vice President of Ministries, Pastor Ron Walters, for a free seminar and luncheon to move your ministry beyond your church walls onto one of our many exciting platforms. Tuesday, May 23rd, at a new start time of 10 a.m. at Salem Media Group Boston's Marina Bay Studios. Again, please note, the start time has changed to an hour earlier at 10 a.m. Sign up at am590theword.com, wrlradio.com, am1260thebuzz.com, or radioloseboston.com. If you're listening right now, you must like us. This is Bob Brooks. Join our fan club and let us thank you for listening to us by giving you special offers. Find out what they are by joining today at WROLradio.com. The more our family grew, the smaller our old car got. So we upgraded to a Honda Odyssey. It's from Kelly Blue Book's 2016 Best Value brand and comes with standard features like Bluetooth, so my wife can remind me of all the things I've forgotten to bring home. Ah, the diapers. Go to www.hondacarsofboston.com or 100 Broadway, Route 99 in Everett, Mass. Call 617-276-1179. Based on 2016 brand image awards from Kelly Blue Book, visit kbb.com for information. See dealer for financing details. WROL Boston. You're listening to The Car Doctor. And welcome back to the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, or if you're listening on Sunday nights, uh, AM 1260 WBIX. So, how are we going to give away this tool tray? I don't know. How about, uh, yeah, yeah, somebody can help me put up 10 sections of stockade fence and you can get a tool tray. Um, no, uh, how about we're on our 11th year of doing the program here at Salem Radio Boston. How about if we just take the 11th phone call? So if you're the 11th phone call, you will get a MyCanic, MyChanic, My something or other tool tray. 
So you got to call in and you got to be the 11th caller at 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. So keep calling back. You know, we have we have uh, already so many lines. So Karen will say hi, bye, hi, bye, however, until she counts up to 11. So that's how we'll give it away. And we'll stick it in the mail to you and you'll, you'll get it. So, well, last week I had the uh, privilege of driving the Kia Soul EV. Now, I have driven a Kia Soul before, and um, and I've driven a Kia Soul EV before, but I haven't driven one in a little while. And the Kia Soul EV uses a 27-kilowatt lithium-ion polymer battery. It's a hundred and equivalent 109-horsepower uh, um, AC electric motor. Uh, it has its own built-in charger, but it also has a DC fast charger. Uh, so, in other words, you can... Keep calling everybody. We have a call. We have lines coming, so we're working up. We're working up to eleven. Um, it, it also has a four forty charger on it. So if you come to a, a, a level three charging station, which is the fastest one, almost up there with the Tesla station, you can just plug in, and you can charge up the battery in about twenty minutes or so. But in most cases, it's going to be level two charging, which is the charging stations you see in most places. So what happened was. When when you um, we did get a winner, we got a winner. So uh, so st- now you can stop calling, unless you have a car question. Of course, then you can call. Uh, but uh, it's the level two charger is uh, two hundred and forty volts. Usually, it's about five or six amps. So uh, last week I had to give a talk up in Waltham. So I had the car fully charged, which on 110 volts takes about 18 hours to go from zero to full. So kind of impractical on 110 volts, although it can charge, which is what I did at my house. And then I drove up to Waltham, and I still had plenty of range left. It it has, um, in theory, it has a 105-mile range, although for some reason this wasn't quite up to that. And I'm not sure if it had sat for a while, which may have had something to do with it. Uh, but I drove it up to Waltham, and there's an app called ChargePoint, which I signed up for. And right near where I was was Brandeis University. I went over to Brandeis. They had two or three charging stations. They were free. I had to have I, I had to do a, a conference call with some folks, um, and then I had to make a phone call to the people at the Boston Globe. The Boston Globe automotive section is changing, and it's changing in the next couple of weeks. Um, Julie and Vicky, who have been putting together the page for quite a while, many years now, uh, that is coming in-house and is going to be done by the folks at Boston.com. And I haven't – they they tell me they are going to keep my column, so I hope they do. And they're also going to try to keep uh, local people as well. So like this morning, Nicole Wakeland did a review of, the, uh, of a Chevrolet pickup truck and um, – so uh, hopefully they're going to keep us around, and um, if not, I don't know. Maybe maybe we can we can all call in and complain, uh, but uh, but they're going to do that. So I so while I was there, I was able to recharge the car, and then I went and did my talk, and then I got a a message that I had the trophies ready for the New England Motor Press event that's coming up this week, and the trophy shop is right near work. And at the time, I was going to work in one of our other offices. And um, so I did, so I said, well, 
I'll drive to work, and I set up the ChargePoint app where I had to use, I had to put in a credit card, and which is at our work because we only have just the one charging station. We have it set up so the first two hours are free, which is all the time any AAA member would stay at our office, and then it's two dollars an hour after that. Well. I needed to charge up for about four hours to completely recharge the car, which means that ChargePoint took $10 out of my credit card. And then I went to recharge again, and they took $5 out of my credit card because when the balance drops to less than 5 they whack it with $10 again. So, so I'm never getting my $10 back is what it comes down to. So um, – but anyway, I guess I have the credit card set up, so if I get to drive another electric car, I'll be able to do that. Uh, I will say the performance from this 109-horsepower engine, or motor in this case, is actually pretty good. In fact, a, uh, and this is totally irresponsible on my part, a, I, was at, I was at a light at a kid in a Honda Civic that was about three inches off the ground and loud exhaust and lots of lights challenged challenged the soul and i which was odd because it just looks like a plain car i mean it doesn't look like it's not his little hot rodded out honda civic so when the light changed i just floored the accelerator and it was much quicker than his honda civic at least for the first hundred feet until the speed limit and then i slowed down and he might have gone faster but that's okay so one of the things I, I like the Soul a lot. The Soul a lot is is actually a pretty practical vehicle. It's like a little wagon, and you can put a lot of stuff in it. You can carry you can carry plenty of stuff in it. Uh, in the, the case with the electric car, it doesn't the battery doesn't really take up any room in it. Um, handling is actually surprisingly good. Uh, this would make a nice little vehicle for somebody who either uh, a nice everyday vehicle for somebody who doesn't drive a lot in the electric mode. So if you're driving, you know, 40 or 50 miles a day and you had a charging station convenient to you, you could, you could drive all day, recharge, come back. You could plug in, if you're only using, going 40 miles, you could plug into 110 volts. A little impractical, but it would still work. Uh, but still a pretty neat little electric car. This one, though, had... Every option imaginable in it, uh, heated and cooled seats, navigation system, you know, Sirius XM satellite radio, all kinds of auxiliary ports for Bluetooth and USB and all that sort of stuff. Um, heated steering wheel. And you're like, all this stuff runs on electricity. You would think you would try to limit that. But no, it all did. Um, uh, rear backup camera. Um, Front and rear parking assist. It also had projection-style headlights. Uh, it just had a lot of stuff in it that you wouldn't expect, expect to see. Um, it had a battery heating system. It, so you could also set the timer uh, a timer on the car. So while it's charging, also the heat's coming on. So when you got in the car, it would be warm, and it would be warm based on the electricity being used from the car, not the electricity being used from the battery. So... Essentially, you were preheating the car in, in cool weather. Um, it also had an option package, they call it the Sun and Fun package, which included this gigantic panoramic sunroof, LED overhead lighting, speaker lights. I can kind of take speaker lights or leave them. Our Volkswagen has them. Uh, Grace, uh, and it had, you know, leather steering wheel. But it's a, it's a very, for an electric car, it's... In a limited basis, it's very, very practical for a um, 
for the Kia Soul itself, the Kia Soul is actually a pretty nice car. So certainly worth checking out. I want to congratulate Tom McCarthy. And he's over at Hanscom Air Base. So thank you, Tom. And he is the winner. And he's a longtime listener, too. I, I, I remember him for a long time now. So he is the winner of the tool tray. We will give another one away oh, next week or two, I think. And also, we have an author who... Uh, who's going to be on the show in the next week or two, I think, um, who wrote a book about, uh, it's a fictitious book, but it sounds, and it's a huge book too. It's 600 pages. Now I, I, I barely read anything. So, uh, so for, he's like, well, you know, I'll send it to you. You can read it. And, uh, but we're going to give that book. I think he's sending me one when the second edition comes out, but we're going to be giving that book away too. But it's, um, it's sort of, I kind of look at it as it's based around it's 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 total fiction, but it's based around Wayne Carini. It's sort of like I go out and find collector cars, and I happen to find a car that belonged to Hitler. So um, and all the intrigue that came up with all of that. So it sounds it sounds sort of interesting. So uh, so there's that we have coming up, and like I said, we're going to be giving away the mechanic stuff, which is a tool tray, a couple of their lights, and the blade light. So we have, we're going to be giving away stuff over the next uh, few weeks. So we have those things to give away, and that's what I, I, I only have, I only have room for so much stuff, and and I don't need them. Although I, I was happy to have the one light. I was happy with that. So, um, so that's all good. I saw an article in the paper that says, uh, and it's uh, Malcolm Bricklin, The Art of the Car Deal. And it says, um, Malcolm Bricklin, 78, has a plan to turn car dealers into art dealers. Malcolm Bricklin has been pretty quiet since his high-profile 2004 quest to sell Chinese cars in the U.S. Uh, didn't work out. The man who once described as having a mind that works like a machine gun is now 78 years old and relies on a cane to get around. But he's also pulling the trigger again with a plan to turn high-end car dealers into high-end art dealers. Um, Bricklin wants uh, dealers to give him $2 million for that sum. They'll get stock in his company and have the rights to sell two things. From their stores, the uh, Bricklin 3EV, a $25,000 three-wheel battery-powered two-seater, the vehicle Bricklin claims could be ready for sale in two years. Customers, he said, will test drive the ritzy-looking vehicle using reality. And the second is from a separate um, a gallery an art gallery. So all I know about Malcolm Bricklin is that he originally imported Subaru. He had the Bricklin safety car. He built an electric bicycle. And when I was on my program in New Hampshire this many years ago, um, so that had to be 23 years ago, Malcolm Bricklin was one of my guests. And he called from California and he, uh, my co-host at the time was uh, this guy, Dave Juve, who was the uh, director of public and government affairs for AAA New Hampshire when we were AAA New Hampshire and AAA Massachusetts. And it was a New Hampshire radio station. And uh, we're on the phone with him. And he says, uh, hey, why don't you guys come out to my house? And apparently he lives in a beautiful almost mansion out in Malibu. And he has a... Oh, the other thing he did was Yugos. He brought the Yugo into, and he, um, and apparently he has a Yugo on the roof of his house, and it looks like it crashed into his, crashed into the roof of his house. I'm sure that's gone by now, 
But he said, uh, "Why don't you guys come out here and uh, you could stay? You could stay for the weekend with me in his mansion." Would he fly us out is the question. I'm not sure, but it almost sounded like it. And Dave and I looked at each other like, no, uh, this guy sounds crazy. And, in fact, he is crazy, but he's crazy that, in, in uh, you know, like this says, his mind works like a machine gun, just firing off ideas, and that's how some of these people are. Our phone number is 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. Let's talk to John. Hey, John. Hey, John. How are you doing? Good. Um, I have a... Uh, interesting question here now. I've got a 2013 Passat, Volkswagen mm-hmm. Passat, and when it's running, it's beautiful. It's very smooth. Everything's great. The problem is starting it up, okay. and if it even if it sits like you know for two hours, this problem happens, and usually overnight. And it's we think it might be just the cold temperature because it seems like it's not happening too much in the warmer weather here. Mm-hmm. But we took it to the dealer because it's under warranty, and the first thing they did was. Yeah, it well actually if you have check engine light, it was it when you start up that car, it's supposed to like kind of do like kind of a high RPM initial startup, mm-hmm. and then kind of it sounds almost really loud, like a like a like a thunderous kind of sound going on there, and that's and that's normal I think, and then it kind of comes back down and that sound goes away and then you can't even hear it idling when it comes down to the normal like whatever that mm-hmm. is nine hundred fifty, yeah. so it had it. The, the startup is so kind of rough, like it barely can keep the, itself running, and you have to hold the key for a while, and then the RPMs are kind of jumpy when it's doing this, and it doesn't go up to that high RPM thing. So it's almost, I was researching it, and it almost looks like there's something like a secondary air injection motor that comes on when you first turn this thing on, and it's almost like it's not happening, and it should happen. Yeah. Have Now, how often does it do it? Uh, it never has a good, solid, hard fire-up, you know, confident start it's always kind okay. of a wishy-washy shaky start so and if you so if you left it at the dealer would they be able to experience it well well we did it actually had a check engine light on it when yep. we brought into them yep. and it was cylinder one misfire and i was reading that and they said that may not be the culprit just a symptom sort of mm-hmm. so they ended up on the first visit they changed the crankshaft position sensor and they sent us on our way mm-hmm. you know <laughs> then work. no and they no. said to my daughter I said, that doesn't sound right yep. but Sure enough, I went out two hours later, and the same thing yeah. happened. Yeah. So then they went in, and they said, oh, we see check engine uh, for coil one, okay. and they went and switched, swapped it around, and the problem followed the coil, so they yeah. changed the coil. Perfect. Then we went, okay. still nothing. Then we brought it back again, and they said, this is really stumping us. So they leave it overnight. They did like a cylinder leak down thing. They wanted to make sure coolant wasn't leaking in from the head gasket or something. Okay. You know, following it on that first startup. Mm-hmm. And nothing. they checked the fuel rail. And then I was reading, I told them, I said, you know, there's some kind of a computer flash. So sure enough, they did this computer flash, and they sent us on our way. And yet, we still, after the third visit, I gave up on it. I said, all right, it's still happening. I don't know what the, what is going on. Mm. It, so, you know, uh, it's good they tested the fuel rail, but that's what I, you know, and it may be models a couple years older than this, but there was an issue with some uh, Volkswagens, especially the Passat, that, when you most cars when you go to turn the key it charges up the fuel rail so essentially the fuel pump runs for a minute fully charges the fuel rail so the car will start and volkswagen and i'm not sure if they did it in 2013 but volkswagen did it with the it was tied into the door switch so when you get in the car and literally lift up the or open the door handle it actually turns the fuel pump on it runs for a minute and I'm wondering if the fuel rail isn't charging with pressure as soon as you open the, as soon as you get right. ready to start. So that's why it's sort of the 
crank, 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 start. There's not enough fuel pressure to get to the injectors quite yet, so it runs poorly when it first starts up. Yep. That, that I've, I, I know I've seen it in other Passats. I'm not sure whether it's, you know, in 13 or not, but I know I've definitely yep. seen it in other others. Right. So that would be one of the things. I would want them in, you know, I don't know if they did it, but I would want them to put a fuel pressure gauge on the car overnight, not to see if fuel pressure dropped off, but to see as soon as you get in, does fuel pressure pop right back up again. Okay. Uh, what do you think about taking it to a different dealer? Uh, probably a good idea. Okay. <laughs> um, All right. Only only based on that crankshaft position sensor thing, which um, you know might have been off a technical service bulletin or something. They may have taken yeah. a shot at that. Um, right. But yeah, I I would I would try maybe a different dealer somewhere just to see just to see what's going on. But um, yeah. you know, it is possible that there's uh, you know like like you did some research uh, something to do with uh, the throttle the throttle body is there a, is there an auxiliary air valve that's not opening something like that um, that's that's possible and uh, you know certainly that's something that as they're looking for what could be wrong with it they should also be looking in their you know symptom database and nobody likes to take a guess but on sometimes you have to go based on well I can't find this but the idea that they come back with you like Oh, we're stumped. That's not a good sign. That's right. I know, yeah. especially since they hear, hear hundreds of these cars starting up every day and should know what normal yeah, is. Yeah, and, and at, at a Volkswagen dealer, hundreds of Volkswagen starting up every day. So, right. so right. different than if you went to, you know, if you went to, you know, Bob's Auto Repair, he might see one Passat every year. So I could understand him going, oh, I'm not that, you know, we don't see these every day, so I'm going to have to right. do a little bit more research. Um yeah, they should be a little bit more familiar. I think I might try a different Volkswagen dealer. Okay. Okay? All right, sir. Thank you All very right. much. All right. Take All right. care. Bye-bye now. 617-770-3030. Why don't we take another break so I can clear my throat? We'll be right back. When it comes to your car, AAA is the place for everything automotive. We have services that help our members save every step of the way, from researching and buying a new car to financing, insuring, repairing, and, of course, our world-class roadside assistance, available 24-7. The AAA auto buying program is a great tool. AAA members receive guaranteed pricing on new and used vehicles and even save an average of $3,000 on their new car purchase. We even make it easy to pay for your new car by offering low-rate financing. Once your vehicle's on the road, AAA Auto Insurance protects you with excellent coverage and competitive rates. For repairs or maintenance, AAA has an extensive network of approved auto repair facilities. These approved shops offer discounts to members and guarantee their work for 24 months or 24,000 miles. And when you really need help on the road, AAA Roadside Assistance is there 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. So for everything and anything automotive, go to AAA.com slash everything auto. 
a recent Barnum research study, they found there are now more full-time senior pastors who are over the age of 65 than under the age of 40. Even though these shepherds are wise and counsel, it is imperative that we find and deploy the next generation of pastors to share the good news of Jesus Christ throughout the entire New England area in the upcoming years. I'm Pat Ryan, General Manager of Salem Media Group here in Boston, and we have the same mission on air with our programs that you hear daily, and we need your help. We are looking for the pastors who can communicate the gospel clearly and responsibly and provide a Christian worldview in today's worldly struggles on the radio. Does this type of communicator and leader lead your church? Call me at 617-691-2521 and consider sharing your pastor on the radio with the entire city. That's 617-691-2521. Consult your tax professional before investing. Let me ask you a question. Can you keep your 401k or IRA safe from the death of the dollar, continued rampant Fed spending, political corruption, and from the possible new Cold War with Russia? If you answered no, then listen up. We are Advantage Gold, the number one rated gold IRA company in America by TrustLink. Fortunes are going to be made and lost over the next few months. It's time you took action. Over 50,000 people have requested our gold IRA investment guide to learn how to protect their retirement savings. Now it's your turn. Right now, we are giving away a free copy of our new gold IRA protection guide to anyone with an IRA, 401k, or retirement account. Find out how quick and easy it can be to convert your retirement fund to gold. Just call 1-800-900-8000 right now, and we will help teach you how to keep your retirement savings away from the government and safe in your pocket. Just call today at 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Representatives are standing by. Call 800-900-8000. WROL Boston. You're listening to The Car Doctor. And welcome back to The Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL. Let's go in order here. Let's go to Rick. Hey, Rick. 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 Hello, Rick. Let's put Rick back on hold, and we'll go to Ed. Hey, Ed. Ed. Yes, uh, hello there. How are hello you? there. How are you? Good, good. Uh, I have a, a question about uh, a recall. Uh, I, and we're talking an old car. Okay. It's a 1993 Plymouth Grand Voyager. All right. And they had an ABS recall. Hello? Their brake system uh, is a nightmare. And I, I can do mechanical work. And every time I've talked to the dealer, the, the car has been in, and it's had the recall on it before, but they're always hesitant to turn around and look at the car, which scares me because I'm worried about getting a uh, $1,000 bill. Hmm because they're always very iffy when I contact, and I'm talking about different dealerships. Mm-hmm. That would be Chrysler. And it's on a lifetime, which is kind of bizarre, but it's on a lifetime recall for the ABS system because it was such a bad system. Yeah, it was, uh, what, yeah, that was the ABS, uh, I think it was the pump and the controller were under a recall. 
and uh, you would think that the um, the new, you know, you would think that when they updated the part, it would be, you know, it'd be fixed with a new part that worked forever. But which is probably why they're always a little hesitant. They're, you know, even though any recall is a lifetime recall, but what should happen is they do the recall and it's fixed, and they never see you again for that problem. But that doesn't necessarily mean a lot of times. And this is uh, uh, we'll we'll pick on Volkswagen for a bit. Years ago, Volkswagen had an ignition coil recall where the um, where the ignition coils were going bad, and Volkswagen just replaced them with the same ignition coil. So they put the there was no difference. They just said, "Well, that one wore out, and we'll put a new one in." But the new one wasn't any better. It didn't last any longer. It still caught on fire, which is what they actually did. So, you know, so you know, you would think that that's what should happen with the recall is they put in a new improved part. But maybe that's not the case with your car. Maybe they're saying also, "Hey, look, you know, it's a '93, so it's 24 years old." Um, you know, we'll keep looking at it, and if it's the ABS pump or motor or controller or something, we'll put a new one in. So, but they're probably a little bit hesitant with, you know, committing to saying we'll do it for free until we actually see it with the age of the car. That's all I can think of. Well, I, I, I would, well, it's almost like, uh, well, I, I was just wondering if, if you've seen this problem with other recalls. Yeah, I, I know it's an older car. The car's got yep. a very low uh, yep. miles on mm-hmm. it. I've already replaced two pumps myself because yep. I know how to do the work. Yep. Plus, it's already had a. Uh, it's, it's been on a recall also because they have it listed on the recall because they replaced it. So when I would talk to them, uh, again, they were very extremely hesitant mm. on telling me, "Yeah, no problem." Yeah, uh, if it's the pump. But they're suggesting to me the way that they're speaking, and I'm talking about not only one dealership, I'm talking about a couple of them, yep. and these are Chrysler, Chrysler yep. dealers. Mm-hmm. They're, they're very hesitant in saying, yes, it's the pump. I know it's the pump because I know mechanical work. Yep. Yeah, but, but right. yeah, I mean, I can understand it a little bit from their side because they don't want to commit to it until they actually verify it and see it themselves. So, and, you know, that's that's understandable. But you know what's wrong because you've you've experienced so many times and you've replaced it so many times and you know that fixes it. But for them, they don't know that yet. But um, but yeah, you know, walk. You know, it, it's no different than me with the starter I replaced. I walked in the door of the pot store and said, "I know it's bad," and I said, "Chances are, if you just hooked it up to a battery now, the car will start. I mean, the starter will crank over." But I know it's bad because it was bad when I took it out. So. Kind of the same, but they need to verify it on their side so they get credit for it. So I can I can understand I can understand where they're coming from, but you know it's bad. It should get replaced, and that should be the end of the day. Well, I always wondered uh, this last point. I always wondered that uh, where it's uh, on a on a lifetime because I've seen the uh, I've seen the recall yep. listing on on these particular two items. There's a there's a uh, pump, and then there's a master cylinder. And what, what happens is the master cylinder doesn't hold the pressure, mm-hmm. so it starts to bleed. In other words, you, you, it const- the pump has to constantly yep. run, yep. and then eventually the the pump runs out, yep. and the master cylinder has already uh, collapsed internally, so it won't hold the pressure. Mm-hmm. So the bottom line is is 
I always wondered if there was an accident. Uh, because of the hesitation of them, I, I wonder uh, who would uh, fall under uh, whose responsibility that would be when they're very iffy to replace it. Um, I mean, if a push came to shove, you know, it's if you, why they do recalls is to prevent car crashes from happening. So if their failure to remedy a part that went bad, it would be their responsibility. That's uh, what yeah, I would think. I'm not a lawyer, but, you know, that's what I would think. In fact, this was enough of a problem where all the other components related to the ABS had a 10-year, 100,000-mile warranty. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, this is the, uh, the the bizarre thing is this is a lifetime of yeah. the vehicle. Yeah, that that part because it was an actual recall was lifetime, like all recalls are. Um, oh, I didn't I didn't know that that all like all recalls. Yeah, are all, you know, if you own a you you know if you own a nineteen seventy one car and they determine that something in that car failed, you know that's going to be that's going to be a, a a recall that. You know, they have to take care of They have to remedy it because they can't have cars that are out there that are unsafe because a part was manufactured poorly. Have, have, well, this brings up one other question. Have you ever seen the scenario of something else that's related to the ABS and using that as an excuse to turn around and because they're not getting kicked in for the uh, warranty? The warranty, basically, I know they get paid very little on a, on a, a lifetime recall. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you ever heard of uh, them turning around and, and looking for other avenues within the ABS system to use that as an excuse to turn around and? Um, it's it's possible. It's possible, but on the other hand, they're still going to they're still going to get paid for it. You know, yeah, they, they get paid fifty percent of what what a customer pay would be, but still, if it's in and out and satisfies the customer. Take the take take what you get. I mean, you think about it. Most car dealerships today are living off a of warranty. You know, that's what goes. You know, that's ninety percent of the business in the shop is warranty. So, you know, really? the yeah, the idea of you know people have, having to pay. Yeah, there's a certain amount of services done. You know, that customers pay for, but you know, a lot of it's warranty. And back in the old days, um, when cars were really you know weren't made that well. Um, you know, probably 120% of the, the store business happened out in the back shop. And now that number's a lot less because um, because the cars are just, they don't break as often. So, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. No, it's an interesting, it's an interesting conundrum uh, for both you and them. But yeah, I would, I would, you know, just, again, they're not going to, they're saying, well, it could be something else until they verify that it isn't something else. So. Hey, where, well, where's well, know, Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I know if you have to take the mass cylinder off, there's always there's, there's always the potential of breaking. Oh the yeah. Brake line. Yeah, and if they said to you, "Hey, look, we'll, we're replacing it again, but at the same time, we have to do brake lines because they're they're 24 years old," that's an understandable thing. I, I would be fine with that because it yeah. is a you know the brake line the brake line is. Um, you know, is a part that's connected to it. But on the other hand, if it's old enough to break when you go to take it apart because it's rusty, well, you would have to pay for that. That's, that's you know, no different than if the catalytic converter was under warranty and they said, yeah, we can replace the catalytic converter, but as soon as we go to touch the rest of the exhaust, it's going to melt away because it's a, just a pile of rust. You're going to have to pay for the exhaust. That's That, to me, is 
perfectly acceptable, no different than Toyota frames that they had to replace on the on the pickup trucks. And they said, hey, look, you know, hangers, brackets, brake lines, other things that are going to fail just because of old age, you're going to have to pay for that. And that, that to me is a perfectly acceptable thing to have happen because those parts are not guaranteed for life. Those parts just get old and wear out. Okay? Yeah, true. Thank yep. you. I, right. I, I appreciate the time. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Let's see if we can go real quick to Ken. Hey, Ken. Hi, sir. Good morning. Good morning. I have a co-worker looking at a 12-foot edge. I believe that's a small SUV mm-hmm. with a four-cylinder, yep. 90,000 miles. And we looked in consumer reports under the old ones that said climate control was the only downside. Yeah, I get, I get mixed feelings on that car. They've had some weird kind of niggly, annoying problems and not just climate control. They've had some other electronic issues, power window stuff. I mean, the engines tend to run pretty well. That would not be my first choice of a four going on five-year-old used car. I would You've done it all. Thanks all right. a lot for all your right. opinion. The very all best. Right. Yeah. Take care, Ken. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, look, there's Sully sitting right there with his, uh, I don't know what that M is. What's that hat? Oh, well, this is that uh, my hello. Um, hello, uh, Minnesota University Min- of Minnesota. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you must have been out to Minnesota. Yep, that's what happens. We uh, we go places, and then um, it's not a complete trip until Sully has some kind of some apparel. kind of hat yeah. or apparel yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah, I went to Boston and got this Northeastern. Yeah, shirt. you didn't have to drive as far. No, I didn't. Yeah, no. and, it, and it, well, I suppose people would say Boston. They talk funny too. They do, but Minnesota, they they Minnesota, yeah, yeah, it's like an umlaut. Remember we talked about that before? <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm going to call you Falfa now. Yeah, Falfa. Yeah, Falfa. Yeah. Because of my hair? No. no. Well, that's yeah, that's a that's a secondary reason. But no, I I love the way you blew that Honda off the line there in your electric car, like Bob Falfa <laughs> in American Graffiti. That's right. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I, I, I can see you do that. I'm riding in and <laughs> yeah. listening to your story. And I'm, I can see him doing yeah. that. Sure, yeah. Yeah, it was a little immature. But I it's fun, though, so, isn't it? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's big fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Where, where were people from Minnesota originally from? Weren't they from some other cold weather, miserable yeah, the, place? Yeah, they're all Vikings. Yeah. So, yeah, so, well, so, Minnesota, so, hence the Minnesota Vikings yeah, football so they, team. So they left a place that was really cold and miserable to go to a place that's as equally cold and miserable. Well, I was, I was in Minneapolis in... July or August, okay. and well, it was gorgeous. gorgeous. It was beautiful. Yeah. Did you go beautiful. see the Mary Tyler Moore statue? Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's right in the middle of the town. You can't miss it. Yeah. Um, did you take your did. hat throw it up in the air? Um, Claire did. I, uh. I didn't. No. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't have this hat then. Um, but, oh, I lost my train of thought. What was I going to say? Oh, but I talked to a few people. It's really gorgeous here. It's, yeah, come back in December when it's 30 below and you can't get your car to start for a whole month. And then, okay, great, yep. So, you know, pros and cons. Yeah, that's 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 Minnesota for you. Hey, yeah. we got to go. It's almost 10 o'clock. It uh, is? The very best, I have to go to work. The very best in Irish music with Paul Sullivan and the Irish Hit Parade coming up next. Till next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, be good to your car. If you're heading out for the Memorial Day weekend next weekend, be careful, too. We will still be here, though. See you all next week. Bye-bye.
As I walk this path of 